Hello and welcome to this NLive's Open for Business podcast platform. My name is Adrian Price, the guy from the university, as I keep saying, with the perfect face for radio. And I host a show every Tuesday from 7 to 9 p.m. called Open for Business. Open for Business celebrates the very best of business in Northampton and Northamptonshire and brings together business, civic, charity and indeed academic leaders to talk about the business environment, to talk about initiatives and projects, especially where, they're, where they are all working together for the good of the community. So enjoy these extended interviews on this podcast. They're now set up as a standalone for you to savour and uh, to learn from some of the movers and shakers in the county. Enjoy. So regular listeners to the show know that we are open for business and open for business in many ways, that the university is open for business and that um, we're celebrating the very best of our businesses in the county. And I'm delighted today to welcome um, the general manager of one of our leading hotels, if not the leading hotel in the county, which is the Kettering Park Hotel. And just a little insight, I'm delighted to say that um, when I first moved back to this country in 1996, I took a job with RCI in Kettering and my first three, four months of that job before my wife joined me from Spain was living effectively in the Kettering Park Hotel. So I have very happy, fond memories. I'm delighted to welcome the general manager, uh, Andrew Hollett. Andrew, welcome to the show. Um, I suppose the first question is, are you currently open for business? Uh, yes, uh, Adrian, thank you for inviting me on. Uh, we are for, as the government allows us, we're only open for essential business travel, key workers and small meetings, again, provided they fit into the essential worker category. Uh, but all the leisure stuff, spa, gym, unfortunately, that's all closed until 2nd of December. Goodness. So what's the impact on the staff? So tell us in normal times, how many rooms and how many staff you've got and, and, and sort of what, you know, what's currently happening in terms of those sort of numbers? Well, prior to lockdown in normal operating terms, we'd have about 135 people working for us um, and a usually full midweek on the bedrooms, so about 119 rooms sold, running at about 80% occupancy. Now, these days, we are down to a team of 12 and selling anything between 15 and 20 rooms on a busy night. And next Friday, Saturday, I have zero rooms booked, so a pretty, pretty significant drop. Wow. So is the, the rest of the staff are furloughed, I imagine? Yes, they are on furlough. And thank goodness that scheme has been extended is probably the best way of describing the situation with, with payroll management. Mm. So what, does, you know, what do you and your management team focus on then in this sort of down period? Well, we are uh, firstly looking after the guests we do have in. We're very grateful for them. But also we're currently working on... Uh, premiumization if that's such a phrase so we're looking at enhancing training taking advantage of the time to tidy decorate etc and improve and also we've got some exciting things coming when we reopen after Christmas uh, in the food and drink environment with a more more of a push on food quality better service and in some areas we might even be touching a five-star hotel experience but that's all to be revealed uh, after December. Okay and have you been able to make plans for the Christmas season um, you know are you still hoping to, that we you will have a good Christmas season? Uh, Christmas will be a uh, very different affair to previous years however we are confident subject to number 10 allowing us that we will be able to have full restaurants socially distanced Christmas day lunch etc will be open but sadly there will not be any of the usual party nights etc dancing and music and all of that but we, we will still provide a fantastic experience it'll just be smaller and uh, uh less extensive than in previous years 
Now, this is a very comfortable hotel. So you've talked about the gym and the pool. Um, you have a conference center there as, as well, right? So you are a pretty much a full service hotel. Yes, we, uh, we do most things for most people, really. So 14 rooms, lots of weddings and events, plus the business meetings and some smaller rooms as well for the more one-to-one -one boardroom style thing. So yes, full range of facilities. And who owns the Kettering Park Hotel? So our parent company is uh, Thwaites PLC, which is a, a brewery family owned business based in Blackburn in Lancashire. And there's three streams to the company. There's the hotel division where we have eight properties. We have 10 inns, which are five star deluxe inns, pubs with very, very nice rooms. And then about 200 pubs but we operate under the banner of the House of Daniel Thwaites. That's our, our label for the hotels division. Mm. Okay. And your trade, I guess, is that um, working with local companies on their needs or, you know, tourists. I mean, is it mostly business? Is it, is it leisure? It's, it's a moving picture, really, Adrian. I would say we're probably heading more towards a 60% a leisure, 40% corporate split these days. Um, clearly, some sectors of the economy are shrinking, uh, whereas the leisure market we found since August particularly has been actually very much stronger than what it was before. So um, that, that's encouraging. Gosh, is that foreign travellers or is it um, UK people coming? Mostly UK, really, really England, uh, the surrounding counties and Northamptonshire as well. Yes, but primarily UK. OK, so tell us a little bit about your career, because usually people in the hotel industry you know, have traveled the world and worked for Marriott's in Southeast Asia and Hilton in Latin America and whatever. I mean, have you been in this uh, hotel industry, hospitality industry for most of your working life? Uh, yes, all of it. Uh, I did a couple of college courses and then started work uh, properly in 19... Oops, we've lost you. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, so home counties for the initial section uh, of my career. And then I went into London uh, around the 2003 period, spent about nine years there in a couple of uh, phases running three very large properties in fact one of them was 708 rooms that was quite interesting and then i met the thwaites company and uh, i've been at kettering for the last five years so my my career has always been in uh, three and four star hotels full service uh but with a particular focus on food and drink really that that's my kind of speciality right we'll come on to food and drink in a second um, i'm sorry i didn't don't think we caught where are you from originally Originally, I'm from Swansea. That's my hometown. Uh, but I've lived ac across the bridge, as we call it, where, where I come from uh, <laughs> since 1984. Uh, my wife is English. My children are half and half, which they like because uh, it gives them an option. Um, so, but yeah, originally a Swansea lad or Swansea Jack, as we're non-affectionately called. <laughs> well, I didn't I didn't know that. So I love that Welsh connection. And obviously your accent is, uh, uh, you know, you've, you've not got a particularly strong South Walesian accent at all really i hadn't detected it but yes my my listeners will love the fact that you probably like listening to tom jones as well because you know i play a lot of tom jones and abba but that welsh connection we must never uh, lose yeah. even though this show's about northampton and northamptonshire so oh we'll have to have another discussion about that offline then um <laughs> so thank you for sharing that sort of um background with us so let's talk about food and drink um the you know, the the hotel has got a very fine restaurant, great wine list, lovely pub, all that. I mean, I've had so many very pleasant uh, meals there, both when I was effectively living there and over the years. So just tell us, what's the secret for a hotel to be able to have a thriving restaurant that doesn't only necessarily rely on hotel guests? 
you really need to decide, I think, what, what you're trying to offer uh, and, and stick to that. So our theme at Kettering Park is to have a, a classic British dish uh, kind of concept. So we, we do lots of straightforward food, everything from burgers and fish and chips, which is really mainstream. But then we really try and push the whole uh, area of things like homemade pies, uh, classic seasonal dishes. You know, we've got pigeon on or we did have before we closed. Uh, casserole dishes, that kind of thing, which really have their roots in, in British food, but always done with the best possible quality ingredients and where we can, we buy them locally. So again, I'm a big supporter of the Northamptonshire food scene with the Made in Northamptonshire um, Association, but really it's about defining what you do and do it well. Uh, we would never have curry, chili, pizza, blah, blah, blah on the menu here. You, you can't do it justice, really. So have a theme and stick to it would be the, the best advice and do it to the best possible quality that you can. Now, you're talking about some new um, ideas coming, which you may not be in a position to reveal just yet. But, uh, you know, being a, a chef in a restaurant is a bit like a theatre, right? Every night you've got to perform really, really well. Yes, you know, you're only as good as your last meal served, I suppose. Um, is it easy to find good and keep good chefs in the county? Uh, since the uh, difficulties of coronavirus are upon us, I would say the, the market for, for team has changed significantly. So there are unfortunately more people who are looking for work than there were, say, pre-March. Mm. Historically, before it was it was really difficult. And um, we, we started to see a little bit of migration of people coming back to the area. Perhaps they were born here or had family who were here. Uh, and I'd be lucky to secure quite a, quite a few key people in that area. But generally speaking, chefs especially, it's been extremely challenging, but it's all changed. So it's a, what you might call a buyer's market, to put it, put it rather crudely. Okay, interesting. And, you know, in the, um, the county, there are some pretty fine establishments there are pubs with rooms and there are res restaurants you know the gastro pub i mean uh, that's quite an interesting um what's the word offer that i think we have british food has certainly come a long way right from the last 20 30 40 years but are you you know are you competing with other hotels are you competing with fine dining restaurants in the county we're probably competing with, I would say, the gastro pubs. To be fair, um, mm. most of my hotel competitors are the branded uh, businesses, which have standard head office-driven menus that really don't bear any resemblance to the local area. So our, our marketplace is really up against the the nice pubs that are buying local ingredients and doing it properly. Um, so you know, we, we need to make sure that we we compete with them and, and do a great job. And I'm lucky because I have all the bolt-on services, so a much bigger premises. Yeah. We've got the spa, we've got the gardens, and, and all the rest of it. And it's it's a nice place to come once you step over the front door threshold. Most people will say, "Wow, I didn't expect it to be like this." Um, yeah. And that's our kind of secret weapon, especially in the winter when the fires are burning. It's it's a really nice place to come for dinner. It is. It's a very warm and welcoming environment. It always has been. I have to say. Um, okay, that's thank you for that. So let's just change gears slightly then. Oh, the wider community. You mentioned there that you're very much supportive of the 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 um, artisan food scene that we have in the county, and um, you know that's something that we've had many guests talking about that on the show. Big fan of Made in Northamptonshire and the Food and Drink Awards, etc. Through Rachel Mallows, I'm, I'm sure well known to both of us. But your wider community impact. What's you know what's the corporate policy or the Andrew? policy in terms of um, engagement with the local community? I think for me it's about 
when you have a position of authority and a certain amount of resources. Uh, we and I personally have always tried to support local groups, whether it's through charitable donations, whether it's through visits onto the premises. For example, we have a very good relationship with Teamwork Trust, which provides work opportunities for people with learning and physical handicap dif difficulties. Uh, and I know Nick Haight and, and the guys there really well. We've had visits from their members, as they call them. They've come up to the hotel. We've done tea and cakes for them, done award ceremonies, all sorts of different things. And then on a more general level, we, we always host the, um, the Rotary Club meetings here. And again, Rotary being a global organisation is, is really a good thing to try and help and support. Um, but I think more, more than that, it's about how you treat people and, and how you provide the employment terms, the conditions, the working situation so that people will go away from here and say, yeah, that was a really nice place to work. They treat you with respect. They teach you things and they're interested in what you've got to say. Uh, and for me, that that's the package that we we try and live up to on a daily basis. Is that um, something that Thwaites are very keen on across their estate? Yes, it is. Um, the company really, I think over the last few years since I've joined, certainly has made more efforts to engage with its people, its workforce. We have uh, regular appraisal type systems that we use that the chairman will come on and do a, an internal Facebook broadcast periodically. And he's been very prolific during the coronavirus um, epidemic. So we can make sure that we keep the team informed. And, and we try and just treat people as we would want to be treated ourselves. I think that's probably the simplest way of putting it. Yeah, it's an interesting to look at the types of organizations and who does this best. So you mentioned earlier on that Thwaites were still family owned, right? After many yeah. generations, I would imagine. Uh, 1807, it all started with Daniel, uh, who brewed beer up in the Lake District and the company sort of grew from there really over the last uh, two and a bit centuries. So yeah, a, a long, long history. So do family owned businesses, do you think they take these things more seriously? You know, they're in it for the long haul their sort of stewardship philosophy in many ways you see with a lot of family-owned businesses now? I, I can't really speak for others, but I would certainly say in our case, we're lucky to have an ownership regime that sees themselves as, as kind of custodians of, of, the, of the label and the brand, uh, but they are interested in us and all of the teams that work for them in a way that I have never really experienced working for other businesses. I did work for Whitbread for a long time. That was probably the nearest business that came close to that. Uh, but other organizations that I've been involved with have been very much only interested in the commercials and, and, and pretty much that's it. So it's a, it's a refreshing change to have an ownership that cares in inverted commas. Mm. No, good indeed. Well, Andrew, we've talked offline that we must, um, you know, work with the other, uh, a lot of organizations in the county want to do more on this thing. We've got some great examples of corporate social responsibility. I think there's a need for these companies to share, you know, their own ideas, best practice. We can learn from each other and, um, you know, hope, work to have the whole uh, business community working towards sustainable communities in the broadest sense, because I think, you know, where you're operating, where, where you're recruiting from, where you're selling into, um, we all have a vested interest in a healthy community, that's for sure now. Yes, I, I think, you know, we are a significant business in and around the Kettering area. And I think we need to, I would say, lead by example in terms of the way that we behave. And if we can help people, particularly at the moment, you know, use the furlough scheme, for example, and behave properly in inverted commas, then we should absolutely do that. Um, you know, that, that's what the, the, the law is there for. But you need to live the spirit of it as well as just following the rules.
no, absolutely. Okay, well, before we go on to just some you know, broad, um, future plans, hopefully we get through COVID at some point and just how you see the next um, year or two. Let me ask you one question, very dear to my heart. Do you still do that great breakfast buffet there? <laughs> Not anymore. Um, oh, no. <laughs> we, we have changed to a plated system, largely driven by COVID. Yeah. Um, so no, buffets are definitely not, not allowed at the Oh, that's true. Time. But yeah. if we didn't have COVID, I guess you'd reintroduce it, right? Uh, well, that, that's one of my little secret announcements, probably for after Christmas. So we, we, we'll, we will be doing a plated alternative to breakfast, but it will be more fantastic than it was before. This is probably the best <laughs> way of saying it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get you on again, Andrew, uh, to announce that perhaps in January, because that's a good month when we usually cover a lot of food things. So, you know, for uh, for Andrew and for the uh, hotel, then other than any secrets you don't want, you can't reveal now. But looking forward to the next uh, year or two, you must be having some um, contingency plans, some strategic plans. You know, how do you see the next year or two um, evolving for the hotel and for the the county's business community? I think the level of optimism that I sense that will be in place for next year actually will be very good indeed, despite the current predicament. Uh, I sense there will be a surge in demand for certain things, particularly leisure, weddings, dining, small events perhaps, and even the larger ones. Um, however, I do think this pandemic has probably polarised the, the sectors that will suffer, whether corporate will ever come back as strong as it was due to people finding other ways of working and meeting. Mm. I'm not sure, but I think our direction of travel as Kettering Park is to make sure that we look after the leisure guest, the people who want to come and eat, drink and be merry. Um, and if the corporates come with us, then that's fantastic. But um, we are ready to switch direction slightly and um, really be there for the new types of markets that will will grow. And we, we want to be part of that. So quite an upbeat message. Are you involved with the Britain's Best Surprise campaign then, as well as the food and drink sector? But um, Britain's Best Surprise, because we have a lot of heritage assets here in the county. You know, the biggest number of stately homes, I think, but in private ownership, there's been a campaign for the last two or three years, haven't there, to promote what Northamptonshire has to offer to us as residents, as well as to, you know, to visitors. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we are um, uh, silver category members. So we're up there at the, the second highest tier of membership. And uh, we've been an active part of all of that. We've held a couple of, uh, of the meetings that um, the organisation has set up and uh, I speak fairly regularly with Kate Dent and the team to make sure that we do our bit to either help the process of promotion or we provide a location for their things etc and actually I think having I'm not I'm not from Northamptonshire but I've grown to really appreciate what it has so all these lovely 51 stately homes in the county all the food history you know and just the villages it's it's a a place that deserves to be known by more people uh, and I try and do my bit uh, especially with handmade shoes I'm finding that's become a dangerous obsession for me recently um, <laughs> where I can afford them um, so that's that's next on the map for 2021 is to try and get some packages where people can spend half a day doing the outlet shops you know buying a really nice decent pair of shoes stay over here for night for dinner uh, and then disappear home the next day or make a week make, make a weekend of it that's the that's the plan 
Very interesting indeed. Well, a very uh, upbeat message and uh, a business is obviously clearly engaged and committed to its local community. Um, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing those insights into your life and you know what's going on. Uh, COVID notwithstanding, I, I don't suppose we have any time. Perhaps next time we'll talk about Brexit if we talk again in the new year. Have you back on. But thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Uh, keep safe. Um, it's a lovely hotel. If you've not been there, I do suggest when you have the opportunity, go and see it. Have a meal there. Pop into the bar. Um, it has a very warm, welcoming feel. It always has. And I'm delighted to hear from Andrew that it's continuing to, uh, to build on that uh, philosophy. Andrew, thank you very much. Have a, have a, have a very safe um, future and good luck with all your plans. Yeah, thanks, Adrian. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed that interview. There are plenty more here on the podcast platform. And of course, you can always listen on uh, live on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 9 p.m. on NLive Radio 106.9 FM or digitally via nliveradio.com. Um, if you'd like to know more about the radio station, please do look at nliveradio.com. And um, we're always looking for support from the community and further afield. So if you'd like to support us, please go to nliveradio.com slash support us. So until next time, thank you very much again for listening.